Know Your Food with Warty, episode 93. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 93. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at Traditional Cooking School by Ganalfglins. You can find me at traditionalcookingschool.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about embracing whole foods, raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone and welcome. Going to start out this episode with a bit of news and this really pertains to any of you who are listening through the Survival Mom Radio. Well, Survival Mom Radio is going to close here shortly. In fact, this is my last episode on Survival Mom Radio, so I want to make sure you know how to keep in touch with me. Well, my podcast has its own feed and you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcast app and search for Know Your Food with Warty and subscribe on its own. Now, you may already be subscribed to it on its own. This is just a reminder for those of you who are on Survival Mom Radio, subscribe to the entire network of shows. So once that feed stops updating, you will no longer get my show unless you go over to Know Your Food with Warty on its own and subscribe. So be sure to do that soon because I'd hate to lose you, and I hope you would hate to lose me too. And if you've got any questions about it, feel free to send us a message, contact at knowyourfoodpodcast.com. Now for today's tip of the week. Now this is one that you're going to have to go somewhere to check out, but I'm going to tell you about it first. This comes from Lindsay, one of the writers at the Traditional Cooking School by Ganalfglin's blog. She has put together an awesome roundup of Thanksgiving meal plans for five special diets. Here's the scenario she starts out with. The phone rings at grandma's. And grandma answers, hello. And then you say, hey, grandma, count our family in for Thanksgiving at your house this year. And oh, by the way, junior tested positive for celiac disease. And I was recently diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. So we've made a few uh, dietary modifications. We don't do dairy, grains, gluten, nightshades, or nuts. Let us know if we can bring anything, okay? See you next week. Well, you may be in a similar situation where you have a meal to plan or you're going somewhere or you may have loved ones who have special needs and you are looking for what to fix. Well, Lindsay has done all the heavy lifting for you. She has planned out five entire Thanksgiving menus for special diets entirely with our own recipes that are available on the blog or other blogs with recipes. So let me tell you what these diets are. You've got a traditional foods Weston A. Price style menu. And this includes, all these by the way, include appetizers and snacks, the main event, side dishes, and desserts and drinks. She has a gluten-free menu planned for you. She has a GAPS diet And these are suitable for gluten-free or casein-free too. And she's got paleo, grain-free, or dairy-free. And finally, the autoimmune protocol. So you really, if you're on a special diet or someone in your family is, and you need help planning your Thanksgiving, come and check this out. I've got an easy link for you. It's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash special diet, where special and diet is just one word. And a big, big thanks to Lindsay for planning this and working so hard on it. It's already getting rave reviews, people saying they're going to use it. So thanks, Lindsay. And if you do end up finding value in it, be sure to leave a comment for Lindsay because um, I, I know she and I have discussed about her doing this for future holidays and events too. So if you find it valuable, then let us know. 
And once again, you can find it at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash special diet. And today's listener question comes from Guerville. And Guerville, thank you so much for submitting it. I have to say that I spent a little bit of time researching online to find out how to pronounce your name. Um, You're from Wales, and I've never seen your name before. So you're probably in the same situation as me, people not knowing what to do with Wardy. Hopefully I found the right online pronunciation. So I'm going with Guerville, and I love your name. It's beautiful. And thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to learn more about you. So here's your question. Hello from Wales. Loving our slow-cooked chicken that I made after seeing your Facebook article last week. Thanks. I've been trying to make broth with the leftover bits. The first batch boiled for 24 hours. The second batch boiled for 24 hours, and it doesn't smell as good. When I was trying to squeeze as much juice out of the solids, I realized my flimsy silicone spatula was cutting through the bones like butter. It looked to me like loads of marrow is now accessible, so I mashed up all the bones and stuff, and I'm boiling for a third time. But I have a nagging doubt in my mind for some reason. I wonder if this would be something you would do. Do you have any experience of it? Well, Guerville, um, I am just going off all the details you shared. So some of I may have a couple questions for you. And I'm just going to go with my basic understanding of what you're saying. So we do have a recipe on um, the blog also for perpetual broth. You can find it at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash perpetual broth, where perpetual broth is one word. And it's basically where you're putting your... After you've done cooking your chicken, you're putting your bones in the crock pot, covering with water, a splash of acid, just letting it simmer on low, and you draw off the broth as you need it, and you replace with water. And so in this situation, you're doing similar to what you are doing, um, which is continually boiling the bones and drawing off all those nutrients. Um, You're doing a first, a second, a third boil, and we can do that in the crock pot. We can add a little bit of water here, a little bit of water there. You're just replenishing as you go. So basically you want to stop when um, the water is no longer, you know, flavorful and rich from the nutrients and the flavor in the bones. And you said your second batch boiled for 24 hours doesn't smell as good. I'm not sure if that is that it just doesn't smell as rich or if it's that it uh, smells bad. Well, if it smells bad, probably you wouldn't have started the third batch. So I'm going to go with it doesn't smell as good and rich and wonderful. So you're probably at the point where your bones are spent. They don't have very much to give. So there's no point really to doing a third boil. Having said that, maybe mashing them up will give you a rich broth that you can then strain at the end. It's not a bad thing to try. So go ahead. And at this point, you probably have already. So I'm wondering how it turned out. My my feeling is it's probably tasteless, but still it's not a bad thing to have done. What a lot of people do at the point where everything is just mashable and soft is, you know, mash it up and give it to an animal because like a dog or cats, because um, they can just eat the whole thing and it's nutritious, though we've drawn a lot of the nutrition out. Um, so basically that's my answer, Guerville. And if you have other comments or questions about this, or to give me an update on how it turned out, you can visit the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 93. And I want to remind everyone or, or give everyone a couple links. Once again, the perpetual broth is at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash perpetual broth. And to see the chicken recipe to which Guerville is referring, it's this great method where you take two whole chickens and you cook them very conveniently in the crock pot. And then the, when you're done, you have bones, great bones for nourishing broth, and you have wonderful moist tender chicken meat to put in a main dish or on a sandwich or however you'd like to eat it. And so you can find those instructions 
at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash two chickens, the number two chickens, all one word. Thanks, Querville. Let's take a quick break and then I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at ganalflins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So, if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. I am so thrilled to introduce you to my guest today, Sean Stevenson. I mentioned his podcast several weeks ago, The Model Health Show, as one that you might want to listen to. Kathy had asked, um, what podcast do I listen to? And so Sean's is one of them. He is featured as the number one nutrition and fitness podcast in the world on iTunes. So it's really an honor that he said yes to being my guest. And it was kind of a toss up. What do I talk to him about? Um, Because he just knows a lot. And so I settled on talking to him about sleeping better. He has a number, number one, or anyway, best selling Amazon book, Sleep Smarter. It's 21 tips that to help you sleep better. And they're all natural. They work with the natural world and how we're meant to be. So it's not like um, doing anything unnatural, you know, taking pills or anything. It's really about working with your body, with nature, and setting things up right with your activities and what you eat and what you do and how you live um, so that you sleep better at night. Sleep is crucial. Our whole lives are better um, if we sleep well. Um, I know this in our own experience. Um, A number of years I did not sleep very well, but I kind of turned that around a couple years ago. It's made a huge difference in my life. And at times um, in in our family, family members have not slept well. And it just really takes a toll on your relationships and your productivity. So sleep is so important. It's one of those things that maybe we don't place enough importance on, but you don't realize till you're not sleeping well how bad it is. And when things are going well, you're probably sleeping better. So anyway, this is really exciting for me to talk to Sean about it. And I want to ask all of you a favor. Um, If you like this episode, if you like hearing from Sean, we've got this great little community here. And I just want to give Sean a really warm welcome from all of us, not just from me, but from all of you as well. So will you do me a favor? Stop by the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 93 and leave a comment. Say hi to Sean ask him a question, give him some feedback, um, and let's just appreciate his time for stopping by. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about what's coming up. Basically, Sean and I are going to cover tips to help you sleep better, to sleep smarter. So it's really exciting information, inspirational and life-changing information. And I think if you implement the things that he tells you, you'll sleep better tonight. And if some of them it's too late to do, Put it on the plan for tomorrow so that tomorrow night you're already sleeping better and that your life is changing because of it. For all the show notes to what we mentioned in this episode, um, his social media links, his blog link, his podcast link, um, his book link, you can go to the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 93. (music) 
Hey everyone, this is Wardy, and I'm so thrilled to be with Sean Stevenson today. Hi, Sean. Hi, Wardy. How are you doing today? Great. Welcome to my podcast. This is such an honor, and I'm just so thrilled to introduce you to all our listeners. So let's start with just getting to know you. Um, I want to say I did tell people about your show uh, a couple weeks ago. I got a question, what podcast do you listen to? And I recommended the Sean Stevenson model or the Model Health Show, as it's called. So um, maybe some of our listeners are familiar with you, but I'd like you just to start at the beginning and tell us all about you. Okay. Uh, well, of course, I'll make this the consolidated version. Um, so for me, uh, my story with this whole health thing really started when I was 16 years old. Um, but just kind of to start where I am today, you know, I'm currently, uh, you know, best-selling author. I've impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of people which I would have never in a million years thought this when I was 16 years old, right? So now let's go back to 16. 16, I'm doing a time trial. I'm a track athlete, and I'm doing a 200-meter sprint, and I break my hip, right? So I'm doing a sprint, just running like a normal young guy should be able to do, and I break my hip. And so I go in, and I get um, a scan done, and they see that the iliac crest of my hip just broke off uh, when I pulled a muscle, in the hip and the bone came with it. So I went through the normal course of treatment. You know, they gave me ultrasound, stayed off the leg, that kind of thing, and I healed up, uh, supposedly. But the thing was, nobody stopped to ask, you know, what, how could this happen to a 16-year-old kid? How is this hip breaking? This is usually reserved for people who are, you know, much, much older, you know, and typically uh, women, actually, you know, when they reach the 70s and 80s tend to have issues with the hip breaking. And so I'm just running it, and I'm 16, how did this happen? Wow. So, Fast forward, uh, four years later is when it really hits the fan, you know. So this is when I'm 20 years old. I finally get diagnosed with something called degenerative bone disease or degenerative spinal disease in particular because my spine was deteriorating rapidly. And my physician at the time told me that I had the spine of an 80-year-old when I was 20. And this is very jarring. Wait a sec. You said 80-year-old. 80, yes. Wow. He said I have okay. the spine of an 80-year-old. And it just didn't make any since in my paradigm that like what's going how is that possible so for me what brought me in was i was having difficulty walking because of this pain in my leg i just thought i need to stretch it out or there's something wrong with my muscles but um, i had no understanding whatsoever that all this stuff was connect connected you know what does my spine have to do with my leg uh, when that's what i teach today so anyways make that short a short story two and a half years go by uh, my doctor says there's nothing that that can be done about the situation and I asked him, I remember this so vividly. I don't know to this day, was it like my fairy godmother or my spirit animal or something crazy that had me ask this question, but I asked him, does this, does this have anything to do with what I'm eating? And should I change the way I'm exercising? And he looked at me like I was from another planet, like hmm. I had a fairy godmother or something. And he said, this has nothing to do with what you're eating, son. This is something you're just going to have to deal with. I'm sorry, we're going to get you some medication and back brace and you're just gonna have to live with this. I see four other physicians, two and a half years go by, I get progressively worse. And finally, so here's the good news, guys. This is when everything changed. Um, and it really became, it came from a moment of decision. I really decided that I wasn't going to accept that I could not be well any longer. And I had been giving, I realized that I've been giving my my modus operandi, my life, my, my potential away to physicians telling me that I have none. Okay, and so I made a decision that I was going to get well, and it's so important for anybody 
who is concerned or struggling or or just optimistic even about having a better health, better better body, better relationships, you have to decide. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't do that. They just kind of wish things get better or they're asking disempowering questions. You know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Um, it would be nice if it would change, but I decided no matter what, I'm getting well. And it's not like the clouds parted and the sunshine <laughs> came in the rainbows and all that, but what happened was it changed it changed my my focus. And for me, studying brain health, and I understood that, uh, well, later on, I understood that it was really activating certain parts of my brain, the reticular cortex, reticular activating system that is able to kind of filter out things that are unnecessary and focus on finding data to back up what you're believing. So uh, I started to study nutrition. I started to study the human body. And I was still in my college at the time. So um, I shifted over my course of study to biology. And I really looked at, you know, what is my spine made of? What is my, what are my bones made of? And come to find out, I was not giving my body the raw materials it needed to regenerate if it wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know? So just to fast forward and kind of wrap the story up, uh, six weeks go by. It was as if the pain had never been there. It was totally gone. The two herniated discs that I had retracted, I got some of the juiciness back into my disc and into my bones. And um, I go back to get my scan done from the doctor a few months later, and he sees that, um, and he, he says that whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I've never seen this before, and it was just from applying simple principles that, you know, your body really, there's certain things your genes require and 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 need for you to develop and to become the best version of you, and that's really what I teach. And I hope that that story made sense. I've made the consolidated version, but it's kind of a lot. Yeah, it is a it is a big. St- uh, story, but yes, thank you for sharing that. And I've read it, and I've heard you share it on other shows. And I'm just so glad that you could share it here because it's amazing. I mean, just the 80 year old, you know, you're told you're like an 80 year old, and then you have the six week transformation, and you're back to being practically 16 again. It's just yeah. amazing. And and I love that you brought out the part about you decided to be well, because I think that is the first thing that we all have to decide, no matter what our circumstances are is we want it to be different. And when you make that decision, then you can figure out what to do and you can be committed to that. It's, it's being intentional instead of letting things happen to you. It's taking charge. Yeah, yes. definitely. So it's, it's great. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So I wanted to start out our um, visit with your story, but let's, let's depart a little bit um, because I really asked you here to talk about sleeping better. It's something we've never talked about on my podcast and you are... Um, an authority on sleeping better and, you know, achieving it with very natural things. So let's start with um, what about this topic of sleeping better? You have the book, Sleep Smarter. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. What is it about this topic that drew you in and why do you think it's so important for all of us to sleep smarter? Mm, Okay. Well, for me, you know, going through my personal struggles, um, that really gave birth to my career, you know, because people saw the transformation, they started asking me for help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's led to me working with, I mean, I can't even tell you how many thousands of people personally, one-on-one, but also, you know, like I said earlier, hundreds of thousands of people around the world that have been impacted by my work in in some some shape or form. And early on, it was a matter of, okay, so I shifted over the nutrition I was bringing in, which is critical. That's where I really live. And then also I changed the way I was exercising. But what I discovered was that part of the equation was I naturally started to have better sleep hygiene. You know, I naturally started to want to 
uh, get to bed a little bit earlier where I was up to two, three in the morning playing Madden, you know, a lot of times in college where I was injured. And um, also, I just naturally started to kind of wake up earlier and was just more optimistic about living, you know, it just it naturally happened. And here's the secret sauce is that your body doesn't actually change while you're awake for the good. Okay, Mm -hmm. even if you're working out, it's a very catabolic process. You're breaking your body down. We think that when we go into the gym, we're getting in shape. You're actually if we go and I take you and we get a blood panel done after you finish your tough workout. Your your inflammatory biomarkers are going to be off the charts. Your hormones are going to be, you know, stress hormones are going to be. It's going to look like there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But it's a it's an acute stress. It's known as a hormetic stressor. And if you get the right recovery, you're going to be better in just a matter of days. And that recovery happens while you're asleep. That's when the body really changes. Sleep is known as the anabolic state. Right. This is and just being awake, period. Like right now, we're in a beta brain state and everybody listening, you're in beta. So that that brainwave state is, you know, it's just catabolic. There's a lot of processes happening in your body that a lot of things are breaking down. And it's good because you need something to recover from. But when you shift into the alpha and delta and all those kind of fancy pants states uh, with your brain, your body starts to shift over and do a lot of different things that are more anabolic and building you back up and recovering. So for me, it was personal. But then in my practice, I'm here in my clinic now and seeing people come in over the years that were. Uh, oftentimes the people who are doing the quote right thing, you know, they're eating a reasonably good diet or so they thought, but, and they're also exercising many times too much trying to get to some physical result. And after doing a deeper analysis and introspection, I would continuously find that there would be a hole in their game when it came to sleep, you know, and they were missing out on the real place where your body actually changes. So I set out to do something about this and experiment and and, and, and finding creative ways, you know, when people are saying, I've got so much going on, I've got five kids, I've got two businesses, I've got school, I've got all this stuff. How can we find the greatest leverage point with sleep? What can we do so that it's not about sleeping more, but it's about getting the highest quality sleep possible when you do sleep? Which for me, that translates to meaning you need more time in stages three and four deep sleep, the most anabolic states of sleep. So that was really the catalyst for it. And I spent months and months and months, about a year in research and then experimentation and then disseminating and testing with my patients. And the results were remarkable, mm-hmm. just rem- at the physical changes and also um, the biomarkers for health as well, all stemming from improving their sleep quality. That's fantastic. I want to let our readers know where you they can find your book. Everyone, you can, of course, visit the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 93. But if you want to go directly to Sean's book on Amazon, uh, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash sleep smarter. Um, and it's a great deal, Sean, four ninety nine for Kindle, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so and it's just for me, it's a matter of just getting the getting it in the hands and the hearts of the people, you know, and just making it a no brainer. And the feedback has been phenomenal, for sure. Right. Well, I love the uh, the ad on your site that says great sleep, great body, great life. And I think you just mm-hmm. described that connection very well how um, sleep is restorative, regenerating, and it uh, has ramifications um, for our whole life. Um, So I don't want you to give away too much because your book's great, but I'd love to ask you to share some tips with our listeners about how to sleep smarter, sleep better. So let's say um, your top three recommendations that anyone listening right now can do today to get a better sleep tonight. What would you recommend? Awesome. Well, I love giving away a lot of stuff, you know, so 
Um, there's so much, you know, in the book, there's 21 different strategies. And within those, there's like power tips of implementation. Mm-hmm. So there's really maybe like 40 or 50 strategies, but it's hard to pick the top three, but I'll just, I'll, I'll give some of the most tangible ones, some of the Great. easiest to implement. Um, one of the things that I really live by and I found to be very, very effective for many of my patients is utilizing exercise to actually help you sleep better. And there's a certain way to do it. So there was a study out of Appalachian State University and they took exercisers and split them up into three different groups. Group one, exercise at 7 a.m. Group two, exercise at 1 p.m. And group three, exercise at 7 p.m. At the end of the study, what they discovered was that the the morning exercisers, group A, who exercised at 7 a.m., spent up to 75% more time in the deep rejuvenative stages of sleep. So stages three and four. And that just was like, it blew my mind that exercising in the morning can help you sleep better at night. Hmm. That might seem a little counterintuitive. Now, what it really boils down to is that you're helping to reset your normal circadian timing and also your, your normal cortisol rhythms. So your cortisol would naturally, for a healthy, sovereign human being, your cortisol would be peaking in the morning between the hours of, you know, say six and seven or maybe even six to eight. And it would be bottoming out in the evening, so around 12 hours later, right? But for a lot of us, we're flipped. It's an inverse thing. We're tired and wired, right? right? Our cortisol is high in the evening, wondering why we're not getting good sleep. We're waking up tired. And it's because of this cortisol equation. So by encouraging a high cortisol spike in the morning, by getting up and physically moving your body and doing some activity, you're helping to set that pattern straight again. So now what? how does somebody... So you're able- saying that somebody who may have low cortisol in the morning could actually spike it by exercising in the morning or, or, and are you also saying that if you naturally, you know, if your body's working and you've got high cortisol in the morning, exercise is the best time to do it because of that. You say yes, both things. There's both. Okay. Yes. So and that's what I'm really looking at. It's like, how can we stack the conditions? There's multiple reasons that that works. And it's a biological advantage for human beings to have high cortisol in the morning. It's already high. This is the time to do exercise, right? Mm-hmm. But here's this is, the, this is how you implement it. It doesn't mean that you have to hit the gym in the morning. You know, matter of fact, for the past uh, maybe seven months, I've been experimenting. I used to be a morning work uh, exercise person for years. And my physical changes have been impressive. You know, I've been working out in the early afternoon. Uh, so I would usually work out at four o'clock. And but what I do is every single morning I still do some activity. So for you, it could be the time to go, absolutely, or it could be a time when you do a power walk. You know, like um, when when the weather's nice is when I'll get out and do a power walk for about thirty minutes. Because that that sweet spot is right around thirty to thirty-five minutes. Where a lot of different um, great health qualities to manifest, uh, insulin sensitivity, all that kind of good stuff. But um, this is a great time to. Uh, learn while you burn is what I call it. You know, hmm. throw on a podcast like this yeah. or listen to an audio book or find a way to stack that time so you're not saying, you know, I don't have time to do it. You've got the time. It's just really managing your yourself and your schedule. So you could do that. You could do some rebounding, which is what I did today. I did 20 minutes on my rebounder. Um, you can do some yoga. Just do something to get your body moving. You know, whatever it is, I'd say a minimum, if you know anything about Tabata, you can do that's a four minute exercise really really intense and can really make some great physical changes you've got four minutes and this is going to help you to sleep better at night by, by doing that so totally so you're saying this is tip number one 
the right yeah, way to exercise to impact a better sleep is to get moving in the morning, you know, yes. if it's a walk or if even if it's four minute intense Tabata routine or, or whatever yes. the case yes. may be. And are you saying to combine that, like add that even though you might still be working out in the afternoon, that it's okay yes. to do both? Yes, okay. absolutely. As long as you're not lifting weights in the morning and lifting weights at night, right. if it's not your goal to be uh, Mr. or Miss Olympia, you don't have to do that. You know, yeah. I would not recommend to do that, you know. <laughs> so it's more so if you are going to be lifting in the afternoon, I do lighter, um, less less impactful things in the morning. Okay, gotcha. But I still get I still put some intensity into it. Like if I'm walking, I'm doing a really brisk walk, like I'm stopping myself from jogging, you know, because I'm walking. So with a purpose, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's tip number one. Great. Great. Thanks. OK, so wow us with tip number two. okay tip number two um this was my this was my most impactful thing for me personally that i noticed the greatest effect immediately which is blacking your room out Hmm. sleep in a pitch black room and here's why this works you might even have an eye mask you know it's just like i don't want any light kind of bothering me but the reality is that your skin has something called photoreceptors which your eyes have as well. And people can kind of relate to that. Like your skin can actually change due to exposure to sunlight, right? Right. You know, skin is actually picking up and processing light. And so if you're sleeping in a room where, you know, you've got a street light outside is beaming into your room or the neighbor's porch light or whatever it might be, um, that light is going to be um, communicating you know, hitting your skin and communicating with your internal organs, in particular, the hypothalamus in your brain and saying, hey, there's a light source here. It might be daytime. So I'm going to secrete a little bit more stress hormones, in particular, cortisol. Cortisol is like the daytime hormone. It's not that it's bad. And cortisol has gotten a really bad rap, but it gets out of balance. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest takeaways I want everybody to have today is that cortisol is the opposite or the antithesis of melatonin. Okay. Melatonin is the get good sleep hormone. When cortisol is up, melatonin is down. When melatonin is up, cortisol is down. And it has an inverse relationship, right? So if you're secreting cortisol during your sleep because of a light source, guess what? Your melatonin production is going to be down, and you're not going to get into stages three and four. You're not going to stay there as much as you need to, right? So get some of those fancy blackout curtains that you see at, like, the really nice hotels they have them, you know, and everybody, when they travel or they go for vacation, it's like, oh, I slept so good. Right. Partially because, of course, they got grounded and got in touch, in touch with the earth off, oftentimes, like if they went to the beach, but partially because they're sleeping in a pitch black room. Right. Yeah. So that's tip number two is to black your room out. I love that. Yeah. Uh, we started doing that about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, huge difference. I made a lot of changes to my sleep. <clears throat> and this year I'm turning 40. So I guess it was, you know, around 37, 38. I feel like I was finally getting good sleep you know, since I was a child, made a huge difference in every part of my life to sleep. And darkness was one of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. Yep. So what's number three? Okay. Number three, this is for our, our modern man and modern woman. And right now I love our technology. It's enabling us to you know, do this interview. I know where you're going. (laughs) So much great stuff. And I love my iPhone. Don't get me wrong. I love my iPhone. I love my Apple products. But at the same time, we have to understand that it's been um, kind of a double-edged sword, you know, because our, our advancements have really taken us 
away from the things that our genes expect of us, you know, the things that are most real and natural about us. You know, it's kind of taken that wildness out of us that the higher genetic expression because we're so dependent on our electronic devices and not being alive, Mm -hmm. you know. So with that said, there's been, I mean, just it's getting ridiculous now how many different studies are coming out and showing how our our, um, electronic devices are damaging our sleep quality. And one I put in the book was um, Rensselaer Polytechnic showing that two hours of iPad use before bed was enough to drastically decrease melatonin secretion. Okay, so and why is that? Well, it's because, again, in the evening, melatonin should be growing, cortisol should be down, but we've got this light coming out of our devices that are hitting our photoreceptors in our in our eyes in particular and triggering our body to produce more cortisol. And in particular, there's a certain spectrum. It's a blue spectrum of light. And you'd know this, like a lot of people are like, well, it doesn't look blue. Like right now, as I'm looking at my monitor, it doesn't look blue at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's all these different colors. But the blue is really kicking out of there. And a good example is like if you're driving down your neighborhood street at night and you see like a blue light beaming out of your neighbor's window or maybe your house if the kids are in there watching TV, that blue light, it kind of looks like they might be getting abducted or something. It's like <laughs> so weird, but it's just it's our electronic devices and that blue light is very, very pr- prominent, but we just don't really see it. So one of the sleep hacks, well, first of all, let me tell you the the best way to avoid this and to have the great quality sleep and i know this and because you know i run my own business i have so much going on writing books traveling speaking all this stuff sometimes i'm on the computer a little bit later than i want to be but the best sleep that i get is when i give myself a technology curfew or a screen curfew as i call it in the book and for me that would be 90 minutes you know 90 minutes is solid so if i'm planning on going to bed just say it'd be 11 o'clock i'm off the computer by nine I'm sorry, 9.30, preferably 9 even. Mm-hmm. Um, so give yourself a, a screen curfew to allow your body to get out of that cortisol state and have the uh, cortisol go down, melatonin go up. And with that said, though, I know that life is going to happen. And so here's a sleep hack. You can get an application on many of your devices called Flux. Right. F.Lux. And it pulls out that troublesome blue spectrum of light in combination with when the sun goes down in your particular area. So it, it's like a smart application. And so it does actually help to improve your sleep quality because the cortisol is going to be down. Melatonin is going to get a chance to go a little bit higher. However, you're still on the electronics, so you're going to be stimulated. So I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's a hack that you can use. Or I've also got these like crazy orange tinted glasses. And Mm -hmm. I talk about in the book why these are so effective, but it's become a pattern now. Like when when I even put those on in the evening, I start immediately getting sleepy. You know, it's so powerful because you're blocking out that, that spectrum of light and your body starts to be able to secrete more melatonin. And this is blocking out the orange, I mean, the blue spectrum of light all around you, you know, so it's very, very effective. And it's just another little hack that you can use to still continue to be a modern man, modern woman, but tap more into what your genetic potential is by um, giving yourself a screen curfew and or using the, um, the orange shades. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm totally on board with you. I want to take this a little bit further. Can you comment on um, people keeping their electronics in the bedroom with them at night, even if they are, you know, the screen's not shining? Does this have an effect on sleep? Okay, so the big one would be our, let me grab my phone. Let me, let me caress my phone like most people do. This is like their lover. They sleep next to this bad boy on their pillow. Right. Right. People can't live without their phones. And we oftentimes today we live use our phone like a Swiss army knife. 
You know, it's like, well, it's my alarm clock. What am I going to do? Do you know you can actually buy an alarm clock? Right? <laughs> and no the doubt. funny thing is this. If you read on the box, it will tell you, keep it six inches away from your head. <laughs> Why would they tell us to do this? Because it is, in fact, kicking out uh, microwaves, radio waves, certain different different frequencies of energy that in, in many ways, they kind of cook your brain cells, right? And they're finding that more and more midbrain tumors are happening in younger people who they, this is all they know. There's a time you and I remember when we didn't right. have cells, but they grew, they've grown up in it. This is what they know. And a lot of kids are spending a lot of time on their phones and it's, uh, you know, and of course I put some of the documentation in the, in the book, but this is like a huge rabbit hole to go down. So I don't want to go too far down it, but just understand this is not just something, you know, it's like, I don't want you to, I don't want you today to wait around for more studies to come out saying that it's dangerous to have that phone up to your head all the time. And let's take it a step further. Sleeping with it by you, even if you're not on the phone, it has to still be emitting electromagnetic frequencies because it needs to pick up the tower. It needs to pick up that information, right? And if you were to bring an EMF reader of some sort of device and, and monitor that, just even, you know, maybe it's two inches from your pillow and the phone, and you're still going to be picking up some of that, some of those waves. And what the research shows is that it does, in fact, cause disruption between the cells of your body, the communication between the cells of your body. That means potential autoimmune issues, cancer can manifest. If the cells in your body are not communicating, it's like a, you're like a city, you know, you're like a society of cells, 100 trillion cells, upwards of 100 trillion. If there is dysregulation in that city, some crazy stuff, rioting can happen in the streets, <laughs> you know, like, People are flipping over cars, you know, all kinds of stuff is going to be, but this is happening in you. So, yeah, I'm a huge advocate of like, get the phone out of your room. I promise you it's going to be all right. The world is not going to end and your sleep quality is going to be improved through that. Number one, and this is very subtle. You know, that's a subtle thing. But number two, from a more like yeah, holistic, tangible, tangible uh, perspective is like, if your phone is by you and it's your alarm clock, what do most people do when they wake up to that alarm clock? They grab it and they start checking their messages. Mm -hmm. So you might have all these goals you want to have for yourself and things you want to do for the day, but you start your day putting out fires and you put everybody else's needs before yours, you know? And same thing when you go to bed, a lot of people, they get that little dopamine hit and why it's hard to even pull the phone away. And it's like, Sean, no, I'm not doing it. Is because we get this little dopamine hit whenever we check our messages and we got a new Twitter follower or a new, like I've got all these new Instagram followers right now as I picked up my phone. Um, I just got on Instagram. Somebody like drug on there. But I, I need I, to I, find you on there. Yeah. <laughs> but not <laughs> at night. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's okay if you find me. In, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so it's it's a matter of like not just the physical aspect, but like your, your life aspect. Yeah. Your, priorities, you know, and setting yourself up to be more successful and happy. And you can spend time on your phone while you're living the life you want, while you're feeling good, while you're making the income that you want to, while your relationship is good, you know, put that stuff on a priority. You can get to your phone later. Don't let this thing control you. Thank you for that. I'm so on board with you on all that. And I can't believe we spent so much time. I mean, I can't believe the time's going so fast is what I mean. Um, but I want to cover one more thing before we say goodbye to you, which is, um, you know, most of most of the listeners of this podcast are women. Mm -hmm. 
hello to um, the few men that are out there. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about women in particular, because I think, yeah. you know, we have hormonal cycles, we're caring for children, we have more emotional issues. So what kind of sleep advice do you have for women in particular to help them get a better night's sleep? Okay. Wow. Um, first of all, hi, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a multifaceted thing. You know, I just had on my show, Dr. Sarah Godfrey, the author of The Hormone Cure. Yeah, that was a good one. She's a Harvard-trained physician, but she she knows her stuff. And she says, you know, 95% of the time, hormonal issues can be solved without medication, you know. And I love that perspective, perspective but um, also the reason I'm bringing her up is she's she's very similar to my thinking, which is it's you've got to take a more of a holistic approach. And that word holistic gets a weird vibe to it because, you know, people are just using it wrong. What it means is whole, the whole thing. You have to pay attention to your whole being, not just your nutrition, not just your exercise, but your 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 emotions, your stress, your relationships. And women in particular do oxytocin very, very well, right? And this is like the love hormone, cuddle hormone connection. Um, they, You need that. You absolutely need that to thrive. What happens in our world today is oftentimes, because we, we evolved in a tribal kind of um, situation where we're very isolated now. And a lot of our stresses and struggles are very individualized. Whatever's going on with our kids, our husband, our family. It's not that you need to per se talk about it all, but just knowing that somebody's there, you know, and having that connection with other women is very important, you know? And so I encourage, and I, I love it now. I did, I used to, because, you know, guys could be a little bit needy, you know, I know how we are and jealous and we want all of it. We want it all, what you all for ourselves, but I love it now when my wife goes and she hangs out with her friends or, you know, she's going and, and doing some stuff with her mom, whatever it is, because I know she's going to come back so much happier and better for me. And I get the benefit. <laughs> you know, so that's so important as far as your sleep quality goes is making sure that you're taking time to be with other women. And, and in, in combination with that, it could be an opportunity, of course, to de-stress and all those other things. But I'm talking about the hormones aspect. Mm -hmm. So another thing is the de-stressing period. Um, women being more of the nurturers, more of the caring figures um, and not saying that men are not, obviously, but that it's just more built into your DNA. You know, so we have to watch and monitor that that perspective of putting everybody first because you care so much. That is deadly in our world today. You know, that it's just not appropriate anymore. You have to take care of you first. You have to fulfill you have to fill yourself up first so that you have more to give. Okay. Because a lot of women are getting spread too thin. And they're and that of course is leading to depression, it's leading to um, issues with obesity and, and emotional eating and and um, of course, heart disease and all this other stuff that I see on a regular basis and what it really boils down to. And oftentimes people end up coming to me when something bad has happened because of it. You don't have to wait for that. Okay. Put yourself first, take care of you so that you can show up better for everybody else. Okay. And this is just taking, it's so simple. And actually at the end of the book, I talk about kind of creating rituals, you know, creating your own healthy habits because we don't have to just have negative habits, you know, and creating a structure for yourself. It doesn't mean you have to live by that structure. You create the structure and you flow as well. Mm -hmm. And women are so much better at doing that when they become aware. You know, having the structure but being able to flow within that structure. So take back control of your life and take care of yourself first. Get up, 
you know, 30 minutes, an hour before the kids and do your, your little exercise, your, your drink your morning water, do a little bit of meditation, do stuff to, so that you feel stronger going into that day. And then I promise you it's going to help you to manage your issues that come up, help you to help everybody else, and you're going to sleep better at night. Right. Um, you know, I mentioned that I overhauled my sleep a couple years ago by being more intentional. One of the things that I did, um, because I, I probably am very... <clears throat> I probably have a stronger nurturing. I don't know. I'm very strong in the nurturing aspect. <laughs> so I find it very difficult to shut off at night. And yeah. one of the ways that I learned about myself that this comes out is through noise. And, mm. um, you know, because I'm always listening for the family and yep. things that are needed. And even mm -hmm. if it's nighttime, I'm on, you know, like, is somebody up? Um, is a dog barking? Is whatever. So what I learned was... Um, well, I don't know, maybe it's a crutch, but earplugs <laughs> or some people go the way of white noise. But yeah. for me, it allows me to check out and not yeah. in a bad way, but it allows yeah. me to say, OK, you know, the kids are grown. I mean, they're all teenagers. My yeah. husband, everybody's capable of taking care of themselves right now. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and if yeah. I can shut out the noise, it's like my it's like making a decision for me of I'm not on yeah. anymore. I can sleep. And it's made an incredible difference just to yeah. just to like turn that off. I think that's a huge uh, nugget and, and, and piece of wisdom there is that you can. Yeah. Like I brought up the eye mask, you can use some earplugs. All that's fair game. It's just kind of understanding what your trigger trigger is. Yeah. And even for me, it's like taking a step back and like, how do we even get into the situation in the first place where, where we're hyper alert is, you know, usually because it's a lot of fear. It's a lot of fear based hmm. thing. And we're. We are hardwired hard about that. I just actually, talking about the Instagram, I just posted a picture about optimism. And we're not hardwired to be optimist. You know, we're not hardwired to think positive. Our amygdala is looking for problems because it, it helps us to survive and to evolve. But today it doesn't, it can really screw us up. It can screw up our life because we're always looking for negative things. But we've also evolved on top of the amygdala is the limbic brain and then the prefrontal cortex, which this is what really makes us human. And the opportunity is there for you to choose to see the good in things but you have to make it practices it, it takes work you know and with that said you know i really am a huge advocate of helping especially like when your kids are young helping them to create their own structure and have their own patterns and and so that you can kind of have more because i see a lot of chaos in a lot of people's homes you know mm -hmm. i've worked with so many people and the kids are like running the house, you know, like, and people don't even know it's possible to have this situation where my son, my, my, he's three years old now, but he's been sleeping through the night, 10 to 12 hours since he was six weeks old, mm -hmm. you know, and we, it's because we initiated, we consciously conscious parenting, we came into the equation, uh, creating structure, creating rituals for him in certain patterns so that we don't have to worry, you know, it's kind of, and of course it took time, it still took time for my wife to shut down, especially early on. She yeah. was the first night. When he slept through the night by himself in his own room, because we started the pattern and he slept through the night, she was she cried. Hmm. You know, she cried because she was like, is he going to be all right? Mm -hmm. you know, and and of course, I I understand this. I, I have I had two older kids already. So I've seen this stuff before. I was like, he's going to be fine. He's <laughs> fine. He's literally just like 20 feet away, not even 20, 15 feet away. And it's going to be OK. So but after that, you know, it kind of slowly dissolves to the degree like she sleeps 
like I mean, my goodness, she's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> she she eats all that sleep up, and um, it's just a matter of again creating more creating rituals and kind of creating structure again for your life and also in your household, so that you find the triggers and the things you need to shut that part of your brain down and turn it off when you want to. Awesome. Well, Sean, let's just wrap up um, you telling everyone where they can find you because I know they're going to want to connect with your podcast and what you teach. Awesome. Well, my podcast is over on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, whatever platform you want to check out. There's some other ones too, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. But uh, you can check me out, out on iTunes. It's called The Model Health Show. The Model Health Show. Just type me in there. You'll find me. Um, we're usually somewhere at the top of the charts as well. We've been featured as number mm-hmm. one in the world in health several times, which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. But, you know, it's just a matter of giving, you know, really. And you will pick that up. Hopefully people pick that up in me today. Just giving from your heart, being passionate. But also I'm bringing the real sound uh, science about this stuff, you know, so you walk away understanding something that before you you didn't even realize or or somebody made it so complex. And uh, it was actually my mother yesterday. She's on Facebook now. So my mom called me. She was like, that was a great podcast. <laughs> I didn't, I was like, what, what are you talking about? I didn't know she <laughs> listened to my podcast. She saw it on Facebook and she listened to the most re- recent episode about reversing depression. And it was so interesting because she was like, I, I didn't, re- I didn't, I disconnected from the fact that that was you, first of all. And also it made me feel like I'm smart. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's how you're supposed to feel. The only people that are not smart are the teachers who are out there making people feel that they're not good enough or that they're not smart. The objective of the teacher should be to make you feel smart, hmm. you know? So that's where I live. Um, the Model Health Show, people could check me out there. And also my home online is the SeanStevensonModel.com. I'm kind of new to social media. You know, I've been really crushing it the last about a year. So I'm on Twitter at, at SeanModel, Instagram at SeanModel, Facebook, same thing, forward slash SeanModel. You can check me out all those places. And uh, Wardy, thank you. It's been an honor to be on your show. I really appreciate you and appreciate your energy. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. Well, the honor is reciprocated. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit with me and talk about sleep. And I hope we'll visit again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.